It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Health Watch. She's writing a prescription for hope. Here's Michelle. Hey, Health Watch, watching your health improve, hopefully. It has been a really tough couple of years, and health has been at the forefront. People still walking around, at least in my back backyard in Seattle with masks, walking a bit in fear. And while we talked about masks and we talked about inoculations and vaccinations, some things that we didn't talk about in these last couple of years are the things you're putting into your body, strengthening your immune system. So while some of us may feel that we're on the tail end of COVID, there is always going to be something out there. And the standard American diet and the way that we've been conducting our lives, it's contributing to a lot of problems. So I am going to introduce to you a woman who has made healthy living her passion. She's a writer, she's a speaker, and she is going to set the record straight today. Susan Neal, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. If you are watching, you can see some of her books are Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates. She has Christian study guides to go along with it. I love that. A Healthy Living Journal a healthy living series, and even solving the gluten puzzle. We're going to get into some of that today, Susan. But as as the world did shut down a couple of years ago, with your background in healthy living and, and understanding what we put into our bodies, uh, were you dismayed when we talked at first about, here's how we wash our hands. It was like we were in kindergarten again. But nobody talked about what to do to strengthen your immune system. I did. Yes, <laughs> so I, I did. Back then about that, right? You know, taking vitamin D, eating leafy green vegetables, fruits, uh, vegetables. Yeah, um, getting some sun. There's different things that we can do to boost our immune system. Yeah. Stay away from sugar. Avoid being super cold. So let's yeah. talk about the sugar thing. All right. So that is huge. Sugar rapes your immune system. What is it about sugar that uh, no, we know, okay, we eat a lot of sugar, we get fat. We have that. And, and of course, obesity contributes to, as they see as a major contributor to COVID and it, it's had a profound effect. However, there's more to sugar than just gaining a few pounds. Yes. So um, sugar is highly addictive. And what happens is it it goes to the same um, neurotransmitters in our brain, the same receptors there as opiate drugs. So they've done MRI scans of someone who um, is addicted to opioids and they show it to them and that section of the brain will light up. And they did that as well to somebody who is addicted to sugar. They showed them the sugar, the item to eat and the same area lights up. So it's, it can be an addiction and we can't stop it and we can't control it. And it's a real issue. So sugar additionally does work against our immune system, correct? Yes. Yeah. As you eat sugar, it lowers your immune system. So it decreases it. And so many of us do that and 
We food manufacturers want us to continue to purchase their products, put sugar in it or MSG or salt or whatever to make it just taste so absolutely delicious that even our palates change. Our palates change to wanting stuff that's super sweet. And it's interesting because once you get off the super sweet yes. and then you take a sip of that soda, you're like, you're like, oh. going. <laughs> like, yes, it tastes like rocket fuel. I'm not joking. If you just cleanse your palate and get off that stuff for a little while, man, Susan, it seriously, you taste it and you're like rocket fuel. What the, I, I can't. It, it, Everything comes back to life. Your sense of smell, your sense of taste, these things have been raped by our standard American diet. And and don't get me wrong, I love a cheeseburger as well as the person next to me, but that can be the exception and not the norm in, in your dietary health. I have a friend that says, look, one cheeseburger, one cheeseburger is not going to make you fat and it's not going to ruin your health any more than one salad is going to make you skinny it's got to be in moderation so i'm not here saying you you can never have your chocolate cake or your cheeseburger but something does happen when you cleanse those things from your daily diet suddenly the it's not it's not the be-all end-all anymore yeah, it's like magic. And I'm thankful for that because there's a lot of people who may be listening today and saying, yeah, I, I get you, but I'm not giving this up. <laughs> but if you just give it a chance. Uh, another thing that you write about is gluten. Now, gluten has made its way into uh, the, the conversation, not just with people with celiac disease, but uh, for average America, a lot of people have developed an intolerance. And I'd like to get your thoughts on how that took place. How did we get to a place where gluten has suddenly almost seems become such a menace to people's health and to our discomfort level? So there's four different types of gluten-related disorders. You can go from an allergy to a sensitivity all the way to celiac disease. And celiac disease is an immune type mm. of disease where your body fights against itself. And it's amazing that celiac disease has increased 400% in the past 60 years. So what I believe it is from is that back in the 1960s, so it was about that 60-year time frame, the wheat in the United States became hybridized. And so it went from four feet tall, amber waves of grain, to just a foot and a half, two feet tall, drought-resistant, prolific. It can feed the world. But unfortunately, the gluten molecule is so large now in this hybridized wheat that most humans can't digest it properly. There you go. So that's, that is insightful. I think another contributor as well is that we base our diets on white processed flour. And oftentimes we know that in nature, nature's like magic nature. You can have something in a, a plant that has <clears throat> 
that has ne- maybe negative qualities, but there's also something in that plant that can offset it, if that makes sense. So when we've separated the wheat and we've taken this natural wheat and we refine it and we refine it, we're not getting everything that God intended for us to get when we consume that plant. We see that in, in medicine as, as well, Susan. We see the pharmaceutical companies saying, oh, this plant has this medicinal property. Let's just take that thing that we want that kills pain or has this effect and we'll take it out and we'll patent it and then we'll sell it to people. But then we have negative side effects. When you have it in nature, you don't have those side effects. You know, your brain will leak out your anus or your eyeballs will spontaneously combust. And we're watching this on television going, oh, I need to get that medicine. You're like, what? (laughs) But but I but that's my thought too. I I wanted to get your thoughts on that where weed is concerned. Yes, absolutely. So there's there's like five parts of the wheat and two or three of them are stripped from white flour. So therefore white flour can sit on the shelf for months, maybe for years. <laughs> if you put a piece of white bread out on your front porch, you will find even the insects and rodents can <laughs> touch it because there is no nutritional value in it. True story. I had a Christmas party. We were roasting hot dogs over a fire in the backyard and we bought tons of, of different kinds of buns. And after the party, there were still some that I didn't serve that were in my pantry, which is in a really cold place in my garage. This last week, I went down and I found a pack of those buns and they looked the exact same as they did at Christmas. And I'm just going, okay. It's been four months. It's like, it's not healthy. (laughs) True story. So that's a problem that we're having. And and this is a a gluten issue. So I want to take just a little gleaning from your knowledge that we can pick up in your book and get the full meal deal talking first of all about about gluten and some of the solutions some of the problems that we may have that we don't realize that we have because of gluten and what are some of the solutions so there are like 200 symptoms for celiac disease. There are over 100 symptoms for a gluten sensitivity. I am gluten sensitive. And it's a headache, foggy brain, fatigue, and stomach pain, but it doesn't always have to be stomach pain. So those are some of the major symptoms, more common symptoms, but you could even have tingling of your joints, achy joints, things like that, that or rashes, eczema, because it's, or it's trying to get out of your body. And so I created a quiz that you can take to see if you might have a gluten sensitivity and it's called gluten intolerance quiz.com. That's glutenintolerancequiz.com. And it lists all the symptoms you can go through and check and see whether you might be sensitive to gluten like I am, because I didn't realize it until I was about 50. Yeah. And the beauty to that is once you, and you cut that out, after a while, it, 
as I said, I like a cheeseburger, just like the guy next to me. I also love breads and, and things. You love to bake. Cutting that stuff out, finding alternatives. There are alternatives that, that are dynamic, but you can always go back to those uh, after you've cleansed your system. And in moderation, for most of us, it has very little effect. That's how our bodies were fearfully and wonderfully made. It's amazing. We toxify ourselves every day. We live in a toxic environment. We are freaking toxic soup. But God, in, in his wisdom, created us in a way that a smoker can smoke for 30 years and then quit. And their lungs can, can often, if you feed it, renew themselves and become peak and soft and beautiful once again. So there's hope for all of us. Yes, yes. And a lot of people who don't even drink alcohol are getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease from all the sugar and carbs now. <gasps> That's really being oh seen more my. being caused from the standard American diet than from consuming alcoholic beverages. Wow. So we're, we really are way overdoing it. Where carbs and sugar are concerned, do you just recommend going cold turkey? Do you remember you recommend doing a elimination diet? What, what's your thoughts? So in my book, Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates, I go through the seven, seven steps. First is just to decide. You have to decide to do it. That's the hardest step. It is the get hardest your, step. Get your, someone in your life to be a, an accountability partner, clean out your pantry so you don't have all that stuff in there that you're going to be tempted with. And I, I go over a day-by-day -day plan of what you do, but I recommend starting on a Wednesday. And so, uh, and you want to take a probiotic, you want to drink lots of water and start on a Wednesday because by Saturday you might be feeling a little sluggish. So that weekend, that Saturday and Sunday, rest, relax, read, take it easy. By Tuesday, you're coming out of the fog and Wednesday you're popping with energy. Oh my gosh, I feel five to 10 years younger. Yeah. And think about what you're doing. It's akin to having a drug addiction. And of yes. course, if you get off those drugs, you're going to go through withdrawal. And uh, right. we do feel that those withdrawal symptoms. It's not fun. So that's why a lot of people well, don't want to do it until they have to do it. And that's why wherever you are at in your health journey, consider this now. You may be feeling okay. You may not have a life-threatening uh, issue, good, this is the time to start. Because by the time you get to the point where you have a diagnosis, and you have to, you're dealing with the diagnosis, and you're dealing with this major life change. So really, wherever you are on your journey, it's the way to go. And there are great alternatives. I want to talk a little bit about that just to give some hope to people. When you make this change today, there are a lot of alternatives in the store, gluten free alternatives and healthy alternatives hasn't always been that way. But it, even if you don't have access to that, there are easy ways that you can 
delight your palate, eat healthy, and not feel like you know, I'm just going to be nine on a stick of celery for the rest of my One thing I do, like you talk about a cheeseburger and stuff. And so I get purple cabbage and that is my bun. So I have my ch- cheeseburger with loaded mm. with all good stuff and I, <clears throat> and I have it on, in the top and the bottom are purple cabbage leaves. Talk mm. about crunchy and delicious. Yeah, there you They're go. wonderful. And if you go to different drive-through places, a lot of them will wrap it in lettuce. So you can have your cheeseburger and lettuce. Yeah. And, and that's a great way to have street tacos as well, wrapped in lettuce. It, it tastes delicious for, because I do love breads. I, I should put this recipe up. I have worked at making these scones that I just love. And I use almond flour mixed with a little cauliflower flour, which I don't love the taste of cauliflower flour. So I do it in a little moderation. So that gives it a great texture. I use uh, softened, very softened, maybe even slightly melted cream cheese, two eggs and a baking powder mixed real well. And then I add cheeses and I add fresh scallions and it makes the most delicious bready scones that satisfy that need that I've developed all of these years for bread because that can set you back when you have that I just want a piece of bread you can do something that can satisfy that like you mentioned crunchy uh, cabbage that's great when you have that need for for crunch or uh, when I want to have guacamole and I don't really want to indulge in too many chips Uh, using radishes it's still crunchy and it has a a great you can tea yourself with things yeah, and sugar get that. snap bell pepper there's a lot there's sweet peppers things, squashes mm. cucumbers you can use to dip it in <laughs> now susan we are live and i'm going to ask that you hang on for just a moment because we're having technical difficulties and so you're watching live you won't you will not see me on your screen for a moment but we'll be back in just a moment And here we are. Sorry about that. Sometimes uh, as we broadcast, weird things will happen. So we are back broadcasting live with Susan Neal as we talk about your health and making a difference. Uh, What is uh, some of the ways that you can navigate going out and eating? Because it is not often about health and going to other folks' homes and you're invited over. I don't want to be that weird person that says, well, I don't eat this. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. That's really tough. And as a woman of faith, it it is often about uh, those connections and loving people where they're at. So how do you balance? You can always eat fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. You can eat the vegetables. You can eat the meat. You just stay away from the, anything with the flour. I avoid cheese as well because I'm lactose intolerant, but not everybody may need to do that. I just went to uh, Easter brunch and I was able to eat the fruit at the brunch. <laughs> I went back <laughs> twice for the fruit. Okay, there you it was go. delicious. Yeah, and I can. I often indulge in the things that I know that my body needs. If someone's cooked for me, I may say, I'm not going to have a piece of cake, but I'd sure love to have a little bite because a little bite, I don't have some massive allergy or something. And I can enjoy that. And I I can give someone pleasure. So just rest assured in that. And you encourage journaling your health 
and you bring it to a spiritual level. And that's where I want to lead this last part of our interview, Susan, is I believe that God has given us all things for life and godliness. I think we have lost a lot of our knowledge to a degree of how foods and things in nature can really heal us because we've surrendered to, uh, well, if I just pop a pill, it's going to be fine. And now we're living with the aftermath of that. We are less healthy than we ever really have been. We live longer, but we live unhealthy. Is that a trade-off? I don't know. What if we could live longer and be healthy? What if God really intended us to live well and be healthy? And he provided all of that in this beautiful creation full of such diversity. You talk about these very things. I do. I do. And you know what I say? I I try and make things simple for people. I say, eat God's food. Because this is my newest children's book, Eat God's Food. Because you just look at your plate. Did it come off of the ranch or out of the garden? If it did, eat it. Wonderful. Eat a baked potato. Don't worry that it's white or something else that might be white. If it's a baked potato, eat it. But if if it's been shredded up, and put into a square and turned a different color and you don't know what it is, don't eat it. Don't eat out of boxes and bags. They're not healthy. They can sit on the grocery store shelf for months and then in your pantry for months. My daughter used to say, mom, if it doesn't go bad, it's not good for you. But if it spoils and it goes bad, it's good for you. (laughs) See, out of the mouth of babes, it's very simple that way. And and re-educating our kids, we know that they've often talked about the food pyramid. We grew up with the food pyramid. And then they changed the food pyramid. And uh, now everyone's, okay, what's good and what's not? We have carbs are the new evil. We have, we will have a different mindset every few years but what you're bringing it back to is look eat god's food i love that god's food comes in such clever biodegradable packaging i love that (laughs) that it it has a diversity of flavor and and color it really is that yes yes and and if you want to if you want to get more complicated than about look you look at your plate and about half of it should be vegetables So I try and get a good vegetable content in by at lunch, eating a big salad. Mm. So most lunches, that's what I do. And then you want to have a quarter um, of your plate of protein and then a quarter of your plate with some type of carbohydrate could be a butternut squash, a baked potato, and then eating a piece of uh, fresh fruit daily. And previously you talked about like when you strip things of its nutrients, it's like, Fruit is God's desserts. Get a box of raspberries, Mm. eat away, get organic strawberries, blackberries, just have a, a medley of berries, but they contain fiber. And the fiber reduces the sugar content so your blood sugar doesn't spike. And so God made it that way. So it's perfect the way he made it. 
If we had been talking about these very things back in 2020 or hopefully before 2020, before the virus hit and turned our world upside down, do you think things would have been possibly different today? It just depends upon if people would have made a lifestyle change or not. If you look at the statistics, those who are overweight and obese, they have a higher incidence of severe illness and hospitalizations due to COVID. So taking taking the step towards eating God's food and staying away from the food manufacturers processed foods is as a way to step in that positive direction. I love that. I love the hope that you give. I love that you, especially in your book, Susan, don't leave us on this journey alone. You encourage us to walk this health journey with a God who loves us and the God who created us, a God who knows our bodies, the God who knows our needs. That's why you are health on a whole new level. And I just want to let you have the final word taking that on. Like I said, Keep it simple. Eat God's foods. Go out of your box, though. Don't just eat the broccoli. Try something different. Usually, we just eat broccoli and green beans and a salad. Get some bok choy and and try that, or sugar snap peas, or butternut squash, or dragon fruit. Try um, um, with my kids one year. Every week, we would try a new fruit and a new vegetable, and I'd let them pick it out. Uh Ah ha ha! There you go. There you go. I learned that trick from, you remember the Galloping Gourmet? Do you remember back in the day? Graham Care was his name. And uh, he taught me that trick and said, if you let the kids pick it out, they're more likely to try it out. And in that, Susan, we really do get to connect. And as we do on My Michelle Live, we always get to the God story. We get to connect kids with the God story. God created this extraordinary world for us. And I do believe that he's given us all things for life, health, and godliness in his own creation. We just have to glean from it. Yes, yes, we do. I would encourage you as you're watching, listening, or reading to go to MyMichelleLive.com where uh, I will have links to Susan's page, her books, that gluten quiz that she told us about. If you didn't get a chance to write it down, we'll put links there so that you can connect and you can make a difference in your life. Thanks for being part of Health Watch. And remember to like this, share this. It makes all the difference in your life and in your health. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. More Health Watch at MyMichelleLive.com.